All right, and welcome back. Episode number 14. Episode number 14 here of The Invisible Enemy, looking back at the early days of COVID-19. We're going to continue right on here. I do apologize. Just getting over a little flu here, but I'm going to do my best to stay focused. And thank you all for joining me once again for number 14. Very happy to have you all here. Or if you're listening to the podcast version too, I really appreciate that. First, we're going to get started um, as a way I want to start this out now. Everything that we do from here on, we start this out with the with the prayer, with the Lord's Prayer. So here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so let's get right back into this. I'll do a little screen share here. Continue on. Not too much more to go through, but I'm going to put this in focus mode. And there we go. So we're going to continue right on here. We are at page 148. If you are looking um, at the document that I have provided, let me see if I can make this a little bigger or maybe not. No, probably not. All right. Good enough. So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and read this top of page 148 all right so during a Fox News interview with Maria Bartomoro on May 14 2020 President Trump was asked about the origins of coronavirus we have a lot of information President Trump responded and it's not good whether it came from the lab or came from the bats it all came from China and they should have stopped it They could have stopped it at the source. I call it the source right there. And then Maria then asked if China, quote, made a decision to allow it to escape its borders. I don't know if they made the decision, President Trump answered, but it got out of control. I think more likely it got out of control. Using his words very carefully there. And if you do want to go and uh, find that video, it's definitely out there. But um, HTTPS semicolon backslash backslash youtube backslash capital u dash seven n eight h a k w m c yeah because we're all gonna remember that (laughs) it's out there you'll you'll be able to find it no problem let's continue on we just cracked 10 million tests president trump stated on may 13 2020 so you can see this is where um i was just trying to add as much data but obviously when in the final version i do want to get the timeline kind of right so the may 13th will go before the may 14th data that we see here but we're just reading this on and reading it as if it was the first time because it's been a long time that i've actually gone through this so again the whole purpose of this series is to kind of keep my mind fresh to refresh my memory on everything that um that I wrote back then and to look at what I like what needs to be edited what needs to be changed what needs to be moved so we're doing all that in real time here so definitely appreciate everybody's patience with that so hopefully the the dates aren't too far off but this one is this is what President Trump said uh, during a press briefing Um, 
in uh, when he was meeting with the governor of Colorado. It looks like and the governor of North Dakota, perhaps. Anyways, this is during a press briefing on May 13, 2020. He says, we just cracked 10 million tests. President Trump stated on May 13, 2020. I thought you'd I thought you'd like to show that to everybody. 10 million. We set an all-time record by far. If you look down here, there are other countries that have not done anywhere near what we're doing. We're doubled. If you add them up and double them, we've done more tests. But I can't get the press to print that, unfortunately. They just don't want to print it. And this is part of the big problem that we still have with the media today. Even even what we're seeing today, you can still look at the way that they're treating one of the most incompetent presidents that we've ever had, Joe Biden, if you can even call him the president, if you believe he really won. Good luck with that one. But the guy is just some, doing so many incompetent things. Um, and I believe he's one of the worst people to be in the Oval Office. But um, look at the way that the media treats him, knowing everything that is going wrong and the way that they treated President Trump during what they were still calling a crisis, right? So their their re- responsibility was to be journalists, was to be news people, and we can see that they failed. They've been failing. I believe Trump was just there at the right time to call them out. He was the right person that we needed at that time to help further expose the media. Um, can't even call them the government media because the President Trump was... The head of the government so what would you call that so that's why they use deep state the swamp uh the shadow government the new world order whatever you want to call them you can see where all this, these forces gang up on trump and to me that speaks volumes because that really does show me um a lot of who president trump is who has his back who supports him and who doesn't and looking at that you know and there's still some shady characters um, around President Trump that I do not believe he should be associated with or should ever want to, to have been associated with. But I think more than, than not, um, especially looking at President Trump's press briefings and the conferences he would have and things that I've played here on this channel, on, on my YouTube channel, and in the, the What is Truth podcast, um, you can clearly see you know, he's doing, um, he's connecting with people. He's helping people restart their lives, getting people out of prison, focusing on quote unquote black leaders, which to me is still kind of racist, but I, I get it, right? Because um, uh, there's just a lot of people out there that do support President Trump that are not getting the credit. It's not coming off like that as if they actually do. It's, we're supposed to think President Trump is this great racist and blah, blah, blah. When, when we really look at it, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, these are some of the most racist people that you will ever find. And in the media, the way that the media treats black people and treats people of color, um, it's definitely racism masked as something else. They're, they're being very racist in the way that they are. And it's really sad that a lot of the racism now that we see is geared towards um, white people or people of lighter skin. It's really interesting. The anger, the frustration, all of that, bad parenting, bad schooling, just the, the indoctrination, everything that we are seeing in this world that is getting worse and worse and worse under the veil of 
anti-racism, anti-fascism, Black Lives Matter, when all of these groups are the complete opposite, the complete opposite of what they claim to be. I don't find that with President Trump. So whatever your view is on him, whatever your view is on these things, you know, I can only go by all of the speeches, not just the speeches, but the people that he's communicated with during these conferences, during these roundtable discussions that President Trump has had. And I do believe a lot of that is to, they try to put President Trump on the defensive constantly. And if you watched the show last time, um, the last episode, um, what was that? Episode number 13. So if you saw episode number 13, this is episode number 14 you're watching now. But if you saw number number 13, you got a kind of a glimpse at the way that the media goes after Trump, just goes after him. You don't see that. It's, it's not a balanced thing that they do with other presidents or even with um, any of these Democrats or um, left-leaning people, I guess you might call them. But I try to stay away from that type of stuff and that's that is another reason why i voted for president trump because i don't see him as a republican or a democrat you know, he's something else he's definitely something else he's what the he's what the he's what the country needed he's what the world needs right now i think so let's move on here keep going All right, and the next thing is from May 12, 2020. This is um, Senator Rand Paul was on Sean Hannity's radio show. During the call, Senator Paul spoke about the Senate hearing with Dr. Fauci that same day. Maybe a lot of this is through no fault of his own, Sean Hannity said of Dr. Fauci. But even on February 29th, he was telling us that the risk is low. Everybody got it wrong. China lied to the world. That's part of the equation. Then we have these models. Every one of these models have been wrong. I'm pretty, I'm pretty disgusted by all of this. And now we're trying to reopen the country and do it safely. I think we have to now open the country safely. I think the main thing is, Rand Paul explained, there are a lot of people that are experts. I don't doubt that Dr. Fauci is sincere and he wants what's best for the country, but he's an extremely cautious person. If we listen if we listen only to his voice we'll never open the schools and we'll never get moving again so we have to listen to a variety of experts that neil ferguson from england turns out that he predicted two million deaths and his conservative estimate if they did all the lockdown was one million deaths well he was so wrong but guess what when they had mad cow disease a few years ago he predicted 136,000 deaths and 100 people died so this is the kind of people we're listening to Rand Paul continues everyone who calls themselves an expert is not always right predicting the future is not easy so when people say we have to close the school down my point to Dr. Fauci was well what is the morality between ages 0 and 18, these kids in school? It's virtually zero. I'm sorry, what is the mortality between ages 0 and 18, these kids in school? It's virtually zero.
So we've gone through 13 of these episodes from the confusion um, to trying to figure out what happened to um, trying to stop the spread, the lockdown, all of that. And now here we are in May, early May, mid-May of 2020, trying to get the country back, trying to get the country going again. The resistance will continue. Trump needs to open up this country and um, his opposition needs to keep the country closed. I think that's pretty clear. This politics at, at this point, I believe, if not earlier, if not, if not all of it, but it's more than just politics. These are people's lives that we're dealing with, weighing the consequences. And you can see where President Trump took this stand and you can see where the opposition wanted to keep everything closed because it would not affect them. It would not hurt them the way that it hurts us. It wouldn't hurt Trump either. He didn't have to go along. He could have, you know, moved along and try to keep everything close, but he didn't. So let's read this. Shock. Here's the article headline. Shock. Wisconsin Supreme Court nuked the lockdowns. Businesses can reopen. This is by Tyler O'Neill on May 13, 2020. 7.55 p.m. Eastern. It's bottom of page 149. Uh, just grab the headline. <laughs> okay, I should grab more than just the headline. Oh, okay, there is more coming up here. I thought so. I was going to say. But um, you never know when you reread this stuff. All right, so here is the quote on page 150 from Donald Trump Jr. The tweet. There's what he says. The Wisconsin Supreme Court just nuked the lockdowns. And then he shares um, the tweet from Scott Walker, who also says, Wisconsin Supreme Court knocks down stay-at-home order. WICourts.gov backslash SC backslash opinion backslash something I don't have. <laughs> but there is a screenshot here. And um, it looks like emergency order 28 is a general order of general application within the meaning of Wisconsin state. Uh, 2227.0113, which defines rule. Accordingly, the rulemaking procedures of the said statute were required to be followed during the promulgation of Order 28. Because they were not, emergency Order 28 is no longer is unenforceable. Okay, hard to read, but let's continue on because we're going to look at this article. So here's what the Here's what the article states, and I'll just uh, read this slowly. Okay, on Wednesday, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Supreme Court struck down a stay-at-home order issued by Department of Health Services Secretary-designate Andrea Palm in order to slow the spread of the coronavirus. While the court did not challenge the emergency declaration issued by Governor Tony Evers, Democrat from Wisconsin, it ruled that Palm violated state law by not following proper rulemaking procedures that allow the Republican-dominated legislator some say in the issuing of such orders. So they violated the Wisconsin um, rulemaking procedures. Interesting. So the Wisconsin Supreme Court struck down the stay-at-home order that was issued by Andrea Palm 
interesting. But it's really interesting that also says while the court did not challenge the emergency declaration issued by the governor. Hmm. So lots of lots of moving parts here. <laughs> According to the the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the ruling strips coronavirus regulations so that bars so that quote bars, restaurants, and concert halls are allowed to reopen unless local officials put in their own restrictions. Oh, these restrictions. Aren't you guys tired of this? I mean, I know this is 2020, May of 2020. Here we are, almost two years later, right? In a couple weeks here, it'll be two years later. Uh, and they're, they're still trying to bring it all back and still trying to keep us locked down, re-lock down everything. Get your five booster shots. We're still going to keep you locked down. It's just crazy. Okay. So the article continues. While the Journal Sentinel claimed that the court, quote, struck down Governor Tony Evers' order, end quote, the very first line of the opinion written by Chief Justice Patience Rosensack contradicts this claim. Here's what um, the Chief Justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court says. This is Chief Justice Patience Rosensack. Rogensack? Rosensack. Rogensack. Whatever. This case is about the assertion of power by one unelected official, Andrea Palm, and her order to allow people within Wisconsin to remain in their homes, not to travel, and to close all businesses that she declares are not essential in Emergency Order 28. This is all about Emergency Order 28 here. The Supreme Court Justice is saying, let's read on. Palm says that failure to obey Order 28 subjects the transgressor to imprisonment for 30 days, a $200, a $250 fine, or both. This case is not about Governor Tony Evers' emergency order or the powers of the governor. Interesting. Uh, article continues. According to the opinion, Palm, quote, broke the law when she issued emergency order 28 after failing to follow emergency rule procedures, end quote. And she, quote, exceeded her authority by ordering everyone to stay home, closing all non-essential businesses, prohibiting private gatherings of any number of people who are not part of a single household, and forbidding all non-essential travel, end quote. And that's it. And who decides what is essential, what is not? For us people to make a living, I would say is very essential. Wouldn't you agree? Um, it's essential to at each state, to each county, to each city, to each town, whatever you want to say, to the whole country. Why did they want to shut the country down? And why did they keep it shut down even after we knew it was time to reopen? And why are they still here in 2022, still trying to keep everything shut down? They know what happens in this country. Other countries are going to follow suit. This makes President Trump a big, big threat. The invisible enemy is clearly moving against him. This is May of 2020. We're going to vote for a new president in a few months in 2020. Um, and the rule they're going to use coronavirus to change the election rules. That is the big focus of the book Voter Fraud 2020. It is 
they're combined here. One could almost combine this book I'm working on here with, you know, make the sequel. The sequel would be Voter Fraud 2020. I mean, you can clearly see what is happening here. Um, if you have eyes to see, and if you want to see, that is your choice. Um, just if, don't let your hatred of President Trump blind you to these very important things here. Um, Okay, so I don't want to get too far off track here because this article is really good and this this information is very, very important here. But I have just always felt like um, they were grooming Ron Paul. Certain powers wanted Ron Paul to take this step to, to run for president, right? To, to win. I think Ron Paul could have actually won here. Um, and... I think Trump was like the backup for this. Can't even call them Republicans, really. It's not about Republicans or Dem- Democrat. It's really not. I think we all know that by now. You know, it's 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 fun sometimes to choose a side and everything and ha ha ha. But you know, everything. This is um, so serious, and God put this right in front of our face to really show us how serious of an issue we are dealing with here. This is not about my party, your party, or anything like that. This is not to eat. I love this country. It's more about this whole world, you know? And I tell you, I'm working on my spirituality, on being more humble, on being kind. <laughs> I was watching Kirk Cameron, and Kirk Cameron had his um, sister on, Candace Cameron, and they were talking about, you know, being a Christian in this world and everything, and, you know, some of the struggles that they had. And, um, um, Kirk's, Kirk's sister was like, you know, because Kirk was asking, you know, how do you deal with this stuff when you know that somebody's wrong and do you just call them out on it and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she was saying, you know, kindness. She kept bringing up kindness. And I'm like, you know, that's so, that's so true. Like, it's so true. We don't have like screaming at people, yelling at people, being angry at people is not going to change their mind. And more than likely, as a Christian, I'm probably not going to change anybody's mind. And I've come to that real realization, you know, recently, very recently. And um, that doesn't mean we don't stand for, for Christ, but we do need to be kind. And these are things that I'm working on, that I'm going to continue to work on in my life, in my spiritual journey, to be kind to people in what I do and I have failed I I know I have failed Um, when I was listening to takeaways with Kirk Cameron he was talking with his sister and I'm like wow this is this is humbling you know and I need I need to work on that because if I'm really going to be a light for for Christ I have to do it the right way you know and um, so anyways I'm working on that and I don't know how I got too far off topic there I do apologize for that but um there's going to be a lot more of that, you know, there's going to be a lot more, I do want to make this more spiritual, make this more focused, everything I do for focus towards Jesus Christ, but in the right way, you know, and that's what I need, that's what I've been struggling with for my whole life, I think, for um, at least since I've been writing books and doing music and stuff, is what do you do, you know, how do you, how do you do all of this, and how do you balance everything, and how do you be kind, and let people know about the love of Jesus Christ while at the same time not shoving it down their throat or 
bashing them for not knowing things or just coming at them in the wrong way or coming off angry and like we're not we're not we're Christians we're not supposed to do that and so it shows me how often that I failed and how much work I still have to go through as a Christian as a believer in Christ and I have a long way to go that's all that I know <laughs> I can definitely see that and you know being being sick these last couple days you know it's it's allowed me to it's forced me to kind of slow down kind of stop and it sucks because this was um this was some of the most important days good friday was not feeling i've been battling something for a couple weeks so even on palm sunday last week was tough but good friday was tough saturday was rough and then on easter i not easter Passover, what, I, what we should call Passover. I know, if you call it Easter, it's not going to, I'm not offended by it. It's, but it. Even if you're a Christian, you know, it doesn't make me think, oh, you should know better. This or that. I know what what you mean. If you're a Christian, you call it Easter. I know you're, you're saying Passover. I know what you're talking We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the resurrection day, okay? Call it whatever you want. As long as we're talking about the same thing, it it's fine to me. I, I don't, it does not bother me, but... You know, I've switched from calling it Easter to calling it Passover. I think every Christian knows it's not about a bunny. Even if they do the Easter egg hunt, that doesn't bother me. You know, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, having a Christmas tree on Christmas does not bother me. It does not make me think that you're a pagan or anything like that. We have these traditions just the way that, that the Jewish people did too. And um, even after they became Christians, some of them kind of held true to some of that stuff. And there's a lot of great Bible verses about all of that. Um, even when the Lutherans, you know, when Martin Luther, I shouldn't say Lutherans because Martin Luther never created the Lutherans or anything. Um, but when Martin Luther broke away from the Catholic Church, they were still, if you look at the Lutheran Church, before it got even worse and corrupted with homosexuality and all this stuff, before that, it was still a lot of the old traditions a lot of the catholic tra traditions that were in there that are still in there if you go to a lutheran church and you go to a catholic church there's a lot of similar things a lot of different things but a lot of similar things in there too um so these are things that i'm working on but getting back to this as we should you can tell i'm still a little uh coming out of my um sickness haze here but it's given me time to really reflect reflect on myself and reflect on the way that I want to be and the type of man that I want to be in this world and the type of light that I want to be I don't want to be a dark light no, I don't want to be I never want to be someone that turns you away from Jesus Christ and sometimes I shy away from even going there because I know how I can come off and so I just am like, I'm just not going to even say anything, but can't be like that either. So I'm trying to find that balance here. But in everything that I do, it has to be putting Jesus Christ first. It has to be focusing on the Bible. And, you know, I don't need to call people out um, if they're not or whatever. And yeah, I get frustrated sometimes with people. But at the same time, I can't shy away from it. So it's a balancing act. And I'm still learning and I'm still growing and I'm going to continue to do to do my best. One of the things that I really did like about President Trump is um, and the people, you know, so a lot of the people that he had, especially at his rallies, you know, they started off with a prayer. Jesus, uh, Trump talks about Jesus Christ, not just about God or higher power or anything, but specifically 
Jesus Christ. And that's very important. Um, so with these lockdowns, trying to get back into this, you know, with these lockdowns and everything, um, I just it's just very interesting how you would have a, a man who would be voted in to the to the presidency and um, people on both sides, you know, what we call both sides, right? The left and the right, they're all come after him while the regular people a lot of the regular people are just like they just want to know what is he doing right what what is he doing wrong um what do they like about him what don't they like about him i think that's the general consensus with most people that's what they want in the news they want you to focus on that um not to focus on just oh he's wrong he's wrong he's wrong or he's right he's right he's right right we want we want that balance that's what journalism is supposed to do that's what we, we rely on these news people to do that's why there's so many different news organizations and great youtubers and just people so social media people out there because people are searching for good news people are searching for uh, opinions um backed by research um not by hatred so I think that's a very important thing as we move forward here. And we're going to get back into this article. All right, let's get back into the article. Importantly, Rogan Sack adds, we do not conclude that Palm was without any power to act in the face of this pandemic. However, Palm must follow the law that is applicable to statewide emergencies. By refusing to do so, she impinged upon the legislator's constitutional core power and its functions, end quote. Under Palm's interpretation, quote, an elected official could create law applicable to all people during the course of COVID-19 and subject people to imprisonment when they disobeyed her order. Interesting, end quote. Republican lawmakers, the article continues, Republican lawmakers brought the suit in order to have a seat at the table when it comes to coronavirus restrictions. So they were pretty much left out of the dark, out in the dark, not out of the dark. Four of the Wisconsin Supreme Court's five conservatives ruled against Palm. Rogensack and Justice Rebecca Bradley, Daniel Kelly, and Annette Ziegler. Ziegler, Ziegler. The fifth conservative, Brian H. Dorn, wrote a dissent joined by two liberals, Ann Walsh Bradley and Rebecca Dollar. Hagedorn argued that Wisconsin state law allowed the governor's designate to have this authority. Quote, the legislator may have buyer's remorse for the breadth of discretion it gave to DHS and state law. But those are the laws it drafted. We must read them faithfully, whether we like them or not. End quote. 1981, amid the HIV and AIDS pandemic, the article continues, the legislator gave DHS the power to issue orders. Bradley slammed Hagedorn's dissent, however, saying his argument, quote, contains no constitutional analysis whatsoever affirmatively rejects the Constitution and subjugates liberty. Isn't it the very definition of tyranny for one person to order people to be imprisoned for going to work among other ordinary lawful activities? Bradley asked. Great question. 
the court and uh that would be bradley that would be justice rebecca bradley the court's ruling came after a few thousand people protested the coronavirus restrictions at rallies across the state. More than 500,000 Wisconsinites have filed for unemployment since the government forced businesses to close. A Marquis University Law School poll found that 69% of voters believe restrictions were appropriate, down from 80% in March. So see, the more we learn, the more we know, the more we grow. And the more they realize these restrictions are not necessary and are actually hurting the country, maybe even more than coronavirus. How many deaths are, have we had that maybe are a result of coronavirus? Uh, that's what Dr. Erickson was talking about um, in a few episodes back. So Wisconsin has had 10,611 confirmed corona cases and 418 deaths. And does that warrant shutting down everything like they've been doing? I don't think so, but what is your thoughts? The coronavirus pandemic is dangerous and deadly, but so are the mandatory lockdowns. The article continues, whether or not Palm truly exceeded her authority, many governors and local leaders have abused their power in this crisis. Governor Evers and his administration should work with the legislator to find appropriate ways to stop the spread while crippling the state's economy as little as possible. Here's the article if you want to go and read that. That is from pjmedia.com, News and Politics, written by Tyler O'Neill on um, May 13, 2020. Title of the article, Shock Wisconsin Supreme Court Court Newt the Lockdowns Businesses Can't Reopen check that one out now here's something from may 19th now we're starting to get back into order right we're doing a little time travel backwards now we're back in may 19 2020 president trump holds a cabinet meeting all right so uh let's see what time is it okay we still got a little time here um i'll read some of this as well starting from may 19 2020 Okay, here's what the president says. Thank you very much, everybody. Please, so welcome to our cabinet meeting and every member of my cabinet is working tirelessly to defeat the invisible enemy. That should have never happened to our country. It should have never happened to the world. It's a disgrace. It could have been stopped at the source, but they decided not to do that. But we're going to safely reopen our country and our economy and it's happening very rapidly and it's happening interestingly where numbers are actually going down you look at florida the state of florida done a great job you look at georgia you look at others they're open and some are doing extremely well far beyond what people thought and the numbers are going down the numbers that we have been talking about for the last two months they're actually going down so it's really terrific in our drive to crush the virus, the U.S. has competed has completed nearly 12 million tests, and that test, that number today is almost 14 million. Nobody is close. Germany would be second with approximately 10 million less than us, and we also have the best tests. South Korea is doing very well, but we're at 14 million, and they're at numbers that are very small by comparison. What has been done with testing, what's been done with ventilators, 
what's been done with the distribution of the product has been incredible. We've made a lot of governors look very good. We've actually made all of the governors look very good. Some have done a good job, but we've made them all look very good. We got them equipment and we got them their gowns and their ventilators and their tests like nobody would have thought possible. Vaccines are moving quickly into phase one and phase two trials and trials of dozens of therapies and cures are underway. And we're making tremendous strides with therapies, cures and vaccines. I think we're way ahead of schedule. And you probably heard logistically we have our military engaged and as soon as we have whatever it is we're going to have whether it's therapeutic or vaccine it will be distributed very rapidly our military is ready to go they can deploy hundreds of thousands of men and women a day and now what they're going to be doing is they're going to be doing the vaccine which we are geared up for even before we have it but the chances of us having it are extraordinary what do you think of that? Does this mean, oh, we're all going to be forced to use the vaccine and get the vaccine? I don't think so. That's not the way I interpret it. <laughs> but maybe someone who is less favorable towards Trump may interpret that um, a little bit differently. I can see that. You can definitely see that. But this is why it's very important to actually um, watch the press conferences yourself. and Or if you don't have time, rewatch them later or... Um, this is another reason why I put some of this stuff in. I'm going to go ahead and leave it at that for this session here. Um, the Invisible Enemy, Early Days of COVID-19, episode number 14. I do want to thank all of you who have made it this far, that are still watching, still listening. Um, God bless you all, and God bless this country, God bless this world, God bless all the good people. Let's keep Let's keep moving on. Let's keep doing this. You know, everything I do is for Jesus Christ. I have to remind myself of that. If it's not for Jesus Christ, then I should not be doing it. There's no point. Um, but these are very important topics that are related, right? I don't keep I don't keep these things separate because they're not separate. Everything that happens here is related to Jesus Christ. It is related to the spiritual battle, this physical battle that we face every day. We cannot separate it. And that's the way that I feel. And um, that's why I do what I do. Go where I go, say what I say, and know what I know. So continuing on, like I said, you know, I'm still working on, um, working on me too at the same time. But I'm not going to let that. Not gonna wait <laughs> to like get me figure it out, and then I'll start talking about God, and then I'll start talking more about Jesus Christ. That's just not gonna happen. That's not a realistic option because it's all related here. And if I, I've noticed when I said when I try to separate these things, the failure continues and continues and continues. The only way it's going to succeed is if I make sure to include it all together because it is all together everything here that we're talking about the invisible enemy whatever you think the invisible enemy is where it started from where it came from but until then this is episode number 14 i'm looking at i was looking at some of the things for next episode and wow some articles lots of articles but yeah there may only be one or two more shows and then um, this series will be 
at its completion. So God bless you all. Until next time.